Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome inside another edition of Indie Star Preps Weekly. My name is Brian Henson, joined by Kyle Nedrip and the Akeem Glassby as opposed to the other Akeem Glassby. We're coming to you live this week from Carmel High School in wonderful um, Carmel, Indiana. <laughs> What's up, boys? Not much. Glad to be here. Nice, uh, chilly, I would say chilly, right? I mean, yeah, it's a little, little nip in the air. Yeah, so feels like football weather. It that does. Sounds like a cliche, but yeah. it does. Akeem? Yeah, no, it's a little chilly, chillier than I expected with my short sleeves, but we'll power through. You know, we're we're uh, we're gamers. We got Akeem in short sleeves, we got Clark in shorts, and we got Kyle dressed to the nines <laughs> with the button-up dress, shoes, dress, pant, just making us all look bad. <laughs> um, we're here. We're here to talk football. What week are we in now, Kyle? Seven. Seven. Yes, we're Goodness. going into week seven. So next Sunday will be the sectional draw. So. Uh, We'll uh, probably do something a little special for that, too, but that's uh, October 9th. Goodness gracious, yeah. where's the time gone? I know it. <laughs> I know you're busy with, with your stuff, too, so you get, you seem like you're out doing something every night. Yeah, it's fun. We're in sectional draw season. We have soccer this week, volleyball next week, soccer playoffs start next week, too, then volleyball right after that, and then, like you said, football is close to follow. So we're in the fun time of year for sure. Girls basketball right on the horizon. I don't want to think about it yet. <laughs> I'm not ready. I don't blame you. Um, Kyle, though, fun story, actually just left Center Grove because his game was still going. <laughs> they took a break so he could come do the show with us. Right. My God, Kyle. I think my game was almost over and you guys were at halftime. I've never seen anything like that. No, it was, uh, you know, and I, I've covered some crazy games over the years, but the first half of that game, it was unlike, I think, anything I've ever seen. It was uh, 49-33 at halftime. So 12 touchdowns. Uh, 855 yards between the two teams overall. And believe it or not, Center Grove got three stops in a row on LC. And that's kind of how they they took the lead and kind of had the advantage the rest of the game because they weren't stopping Ahmad Duff. And LC couldn't do anything to stop Micah Coyle and, and Jalen Thomason and that running and Tyler Cherry and Noah Coy. Coy, by the way, just a very, very good receiver. I was very impressed with him. Uh, the strides he's made the first time I saw Center Grove but I thought Center Grove after halftime you could tell you know there was some paint coming off the walls probably in the in the locker room at halftime with uh you know we got to do things better defensively I think they were a little embarrassed even though they were ahead at halftime like we can't give up points like that and shut them down third quarter it was neither team actually scored uh LC got a couple uh big plays defensively but then Center Grove kind of their running game eventually won out and uh you know they win 63 to 41 and I would have liked to seen Bryson Luter had to come out of the game and and that you know who knows I mean I think Center Grove still would have won but he was dinged up a little bit sounds like he'll be able to play uh this week uh but he was really cooking and and so they brought in a freshman Terry Walker who's by the way very you know 6'2 uh he can throw it too and he played pretty well led him to a touchdown 
uh, late in the game. But at the end of the day, too much offense for Center Grove, just too much, you know, too many weapons. Uh, defensively, they started to get it right uh, by the end of the game. You know, I'm still ranking them number one for now. I don't know if that's the right answer or not. Uh, according to some people, it's not. <laughs> but <laughs> but they but they still haven't lost to a uh, uh, in-state team in my opinion. So in my opinion, uh, they get the benefit of the doubt uh, to a certain extent. But defensively, they're going to have to play better, and they know that. They've got some guys out though, uh, and Gavin Oaks got injured, and I'm curious how that. You know, if hopefully he's able to come back, he's a big part of that secondary uh, for Center Grove. But, but yeah, crazy game. I mean, uh, like I said, unlike I think any game I've ever covered, and, and uh, Center Grove found a way to get it done. LC, I think uh, some things they showed bodes well. Uh, defensively, though, they got to get some things figured out for sure. Was that your first time seeing Center Grove this season? In person, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you were you impressed? Do you think that what what as you look at them, what do you think their biggest challenger will be, or who where do you where who do you think their biggest challenger will be? I mean, looking ahead, I you know I think they'll be okay. I'm curious to see how the cathedral game goes. Uh, the week the the next two weeks they should be okay, uh, and then that cathedral game in week nine will be kind of the you know it's been the last two years kind of that showdown type of game. I think it will be again. Uh, out of a curiosity standpoint, and to see, you know, you could see those two teams play now in the in six A in the in the tournament. So, you know, that could be kind of a do do the teams kind of hold things back a little bit? Do they actually, you know, I'm sure they're going to want to win the game when it comes down to it. Uh, but so in the tournament, though, I would think, you know, they're going to be all right. I think I would think in the sectional. And then, you know, once they get to that regional, you know, and then the semi-state potentially, you know, there's Brownsburg out there, which I think is probably their top, you know, I, I would say maybe the number one team right now as far as a challenger. Uh, but also you got Ben Davis, who's very scary, uh, who's played them the last two years in the semi-state, and Cathedral obviously is out there. And then teams like LC, I mean, you never know. Those teams are, you know, a team like that, very talented uh, very uh, explosive on offense and could give teams a problem. They gave them a problem on Friday. So uh, it's kind of a fun year that way, and we've talked about that a lot. But, you know, in Carmel, I mean, we're, we're standing here at one of the schools that uh, I omitted from that conversation. They'll play Ben Davis on, on Friday, but they're on the other side of the bracket, so a little bit different. They wouldn't see them till Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of teams out there I think that could definitely challenge them. Thanks to the way that the state does sectional draws and decides their playoff bracketing, which is the dumbest thing I've ever seen, <laughs> frankly. Um, is there a chance that we see Cathedral Center Grove in the first round? Because, I mean, that's when you want two of the better teams in the state to play is opening night in the first <laughs> round of the playoffs in, what would that be, October, you know, second week in October? Well, thankfully they're not in the same sectional, okay. so we wouldn't see it right off the bat. Now, you could see, you know, Center Grove is probably in a sectional that they're going to be – pretty well favored i mean they'll maybe franklin central will be a team that they could they could see and they're again they're an improving uh team too program as well uh but yeah so we wouldn't see we could we could see you know uh, uh carmel hse in the regional or you know hsc fishers in the first round of the sectional potentially um you know carmel's in there with uh, westfield and zionsville so you know you could see one of those teams match up but it does set up a little bit different and, and now you could see uh, ben davis brownsburg possibly in the uh, first round of the sectional cool uh which that would be you know knock out one of the first best better teams in the state right away so uh -huh. you know that's what you get i mean it's it's kind of the i agree i don't love it either but uh i guess that's what uh, we're doing yeah <laughs> it's fun akeem do something <laughs> uh -huh. 
I, I, I'll have to make some phone calls. <laughs> Just use the poll that you've been gaining in the picks contest to, to see what you can get done. Um, shifting to something that Akeem can do something about, and that is tell us. What a transition, by the way. Uh, tell us about the game that you had Friday night. Yeah, I had uh, two uh, smaller schools, but two really talented teams in uh, Lutheran and Cecina. Uh, Lutheran was uh, undefeated coming in. Uh, both teams are undefeated coming in, and Lutheran kind of showed why they're the, the reigning Class A champion. I mean, they, they haven't lost in nearly two years, so they're on a 21-game winning streak, I believe, and it was a kind of a uh, it, it turned into a kind of a quarterback showdown in a way between uh, DJ Mendez and Jackson Willis. Just two talented quarterbacks, two gunslingers, two guys that are kind of in complete control of their offenses. I mean, on the ground, it, it looked like Lutheran had a, a good day with Joe Davis, but his a lot of, most of his yardage came kind of late in on a couple big runs. But uh, Lutheran's front seven kind of held up their ed, end of the bar, bargain the way I thought they would uh, with Adam Young and Tamir Woods, really stuffing the, the run early, kind of getting causing havoc on, on Willis early. But uh, in the second half, Willis kind of found his his kind of stride and had a couple of nice passes. Some of the some of the best deep passing that I've seen all year, really. Uh, to Cabrian, uh, there was like a 35 yard touchdown pass right down the seam. Couldn't have placed it any better for one of his touchdowns. And DJ Mendez was kind of going throw for throw as well until he got hurt in the, in the fourth quarter. They were playing defense. So uh, moving forward, that'll be a big key because I mean DJ does pretty much everything for Cecina. But I mean it's Lutheran showed while they're you know why they're one of the, the classes in in class a and just kind of the offense that they have so that was that was my first time seeing Lutheran and I was curious how the offense would kind of develop with Montezzi Clay he was kind of a, a big part of the running attack and passing attack but uh, Willis is more of a conventional pocket passer and he got it done from the, the pocket and it was impressive to see what was that game night experience like being at the smaller schools a lot of pop and circumstance I'd imagine uh well they they played at Roncalli so I mean it was um uh, yeah, no, it was a great atmosphere. You you would never guess that one of the teams involved was a, a Class A school the way that Lutheran kind of showed up and, and represented. So, yeah, both teams were kind of uh, – it was a great atmosphere and a great game all around. I got to say, we're uh, we're out here at Carmel this morning, and uh, somebody's wearing a hot dog costume. We should have had them on the camera with us. <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on this morning, but that was a missed opportunity on our part. He could have been a guest picker on the show. <laughs> Man, we are completely missing out. But, yeah, so – you never know what you're going to get when you come out to the schools. That's right. It's fun. This is the closest we've had to a live studio audience since we did the Ron Colley show. It's too bad. I thought I thought Akeem and Clark were going to invite all their friends and have, like, you know, a support system there. Hakeem, no comment. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, yeah, no, no comment. That's fine. Akeem's got no comment. Clark's not even watching me. It's fine. Um, I guess I should talk about my game, huh, as I pull up my notes. Um, HSE really took control of that game um, in the second half. They – it was a punt similar to a lot of games. It seems like just a special teams play where they had a punt roll down to the five. Um, Zionsville almost almost was tackled in the end zone for a safety on the first play. And then the running back had to be basically pushed out of the end zone by his quarterback on the second play. And you could just feel everything shift to the other sideline. They were up 3 nothing. Zionsville was, and hanging in there really well. But you could just feel everything turn from there. The defense holds HSE to a field goal to tie the game. Very next play, though, from scrimmage after the field goal, HSE throws in, or uh, Zionsville throws an interception, and then the wheels kind of came off from there for the Eagles, um, and HSE pulled away. The one big takeaway from that game was Donovan Hamilton. He missed last year due to an injury, came back this year, and he's 6'4". He's visited Notre Dame. He visited Purdue last weekend. Um, Really, really good. Mm -hmm. He's got the size. Obviously, he's quick, and just, I mean, some of the catches that kid makes, just circus catches where – Going up, beating defenders, out muscling guys that are probably older and a little bit bigger than him to, you know, um, 
just really impressed with him and his ability to to make plays there. He he did it a bit of everything between going up, going for balls, pulling balls in, running into the end zone. Um, he only had four catches, but he finished with over well over 100 yards, um, and then a couple touchdowns. I think it was so just the game changing talent that HSC has there, and it was fun watching him go off like that and, and getting a, a glimpse at this kid who, like I said, is kind of making up for lost time after missing last year due to injury. Um, and he seems like one of those kids whose recruiting stock is only going to continue soaring. And Tom Allen was there when they played Fishers to see. He was there on the sideline to watch him too from Indiana. So, and yeah, he's a he's another good, good, really good basketball player. Um, you know, he'll be a starter. He was, you know, uh, a big player for them last year. So, anytime you talk six four receiver at HSC, it always, you know, Gary Harris is the name that you always think about and what he, you know, the things he did as a, as a multi sport athlete. At the same time, Randy Gregory, who's on, you know, TV the other night for the Broncos. So they had some really good athletes. Um, speaking my age I guess about 10 12 years ago but uh but that's kind of you know you think of a big lanky receiver who's also a basketball player like that Hamilton you know a lot like Harris that way HSE and their their prospects that was my first time seeing them but Kyle as you look at them what do you think their chances are of getting out of their sectional and making a run in regional well I, I think you know I'm really curious to see and we got some good games that last week of the year they'll play Brownsburg and it'll probably be could be you know two undefeated teams playing for the conference title in that game uh, so I think that'll tell us a lot. Now, if they can get to that game undefeated, I mean, that would say a lot anyway. Uh, but I, I was impressed when I saw him play Fishers. I really thought Fishers let the opportunity get away, but also give credit to HSC for going and finding a way to win that game where for parts of that game they were outplayed by Fishers, I thought. So, you know, but I think, you know, Ty Bradle's getting better and better at quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, they got, it, like you said, Donovan Hamilton, a big weapon. They run the ball uh, relatively well, and they play really good defense. I mean, that's the thing under Michael Kelly since he got there, you know, I've been impressed. They're just, they don't make a lot of mistakes on, on the defensive side. They're tough to drive the full length of the field against, and I think that bodes well for them. Now, and I think Brownsburg's similar that way, you know, and Brownsburg may have a little bit more uh, uh, offensive weapons, I would say, than HSC does as a whole uh, with their running backs and, and uh, receivers and a, and a veteran quarterback too. So, I that'll I would be curious to see what that game looks like, and I would probably favor Brownsburg slightly. But HSC going north and playing in their sectional, which is sectional three, they will be favored, I think, to win that sectional and then possibly play uh, Carmel in the uh, what would be the regional in the north side, and that could be potentially for a spot in the state finals. I mean, HSC Carmel it could come down uh, to that on the north side. So so yeah, I like their I like their chances. They're a well coached team. Uh, they they run the ball well. They do all the things well that bodes well for November, I think. You mentioned their defense too, and I should point that out. Zionsville got nothing doing on the ground, mm-hmm. and it <clears throat> talking to the to their coach. It's it starts up front with the guys that they have in the trenches and just their ability to create pressure and cause havoc, which allows the guys behind them to play fast and aggressive and loose and that sort of thing and fly around. That was the word that was that was kind of the buzzword from from Friday night was fly around, and that was impressive to see. And their quarterback Ty. Um, he was putting some balls on the money. It was really fun to watch him throw it around a little bit too. And then they, they looked really impressive there against Zionsville. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun to see what uh, if they can both stay undefeated. Brownsburg HSC that could be a lot of fun. The last game of the year, um, big upset last week with Whiteland um, falling to Martinsville right down the road. Yeah, so we were talking about that before the show with Clark. He was down there, but I was surprised. You know, I, I thought that'd be a good game, but you know, I know Kim, uh, you've seen Whiteland, and they're so physical. You know, and they've beaten some good teams. I was, Akeem, what do you? Th- I was surprised by that score to see. I know we both picked against uh, Martinsville last week, so obviously we were surprised. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, talking to the Wildlands coach, I mean, they're kind of they 
they they understand their kind of the way that they play and that it's hard to stop them on the ground. And I would imagine it starts there with with Emberton kind of uh, stopping his running game and uh, the passing attack was evolving at the time. And I, I didn't see the stats, but I know that when they have balance, that's when they're at their best. So if you could shut down one or the other, and well, they're not a natural passing team. So if you could shut down the running game and make them one dimensional, that'll be kind of that's a good way to start. And I know Martinsville has a great passing attack as well. So and Whiteland's not really equipped to play from behind it, but I know they were kind of a very physical game. That's kind of what you expected. But, yeah, that was kind of a surprising uh, outcome, I would say, because Whiteland looked great when I saw them, and the confidence was really high around the team too because, again, their quarterback had been playing very well, so that was kind of a surprising and, result. And uh, Braden Schrake from Martinsville, they had 100, he had 175 rushing yards and mm. two touchdowns. So, you know, if you can run like that and you have uh, Tyler Atkins at quarterback, I mean, that and he had over 200 yards. So they were over 400 yards offense against Whiteland. So. And that's not the type of game Whiteland – wants to no, get into not at all so that i and that kind of i wrote about this a little bit in the monday column but you know the mid-state conference kind of in flux now with mortonsville also losing to franklin so now you've got you know it's up in the air martinsville may have the upper hand you know but looking at their schedule and plainfield is also in the mix now after they beat decatur in overtime so it's been a really fun year uh when you look at the conference races and stuff the the, the uh Mid-state conference has been about as fun week to week as any conference in the in the state, uh, because all these games seem to be close and they're all competitive at the top. So, uh, kind of fun to see how that all shakes out. Mooresville's really relying on Patterson, Nick Patterson, a lot. I mean, he's he's carrying the ball 24, 25 times a game. Hard to win like that when you're asking that much out of one guy, and that may have caught up with them a little bit against Franklin, which played a freshman quarterback and he got the job done. So, again. 5A is just such – it's going to be so fun to see what happens in 5A because it's so wide open. I mean, you look up and down the list, like you think Merrillville, Whiteland, uh, shoot, even, you know, Plainfield now beating Decatur. Decatur is still talented, but, I mean, Franklin, you know, Franklin's got a chance. They'll get Max Clark back, and, and that'll be – they'll be a problem in the, in the playoffs. So, I don't know if I've ever seen a class as wide open as 5A where you can't really pick who's, who's going to be in the state finals, let alone who's going to win it. Um, you mentioned you touched on a, a number of games there. Were there any other surprises to either of you guys last week, or any, was any other results that jumped out to you as you were you were scrolling the scoreboards? The, those were probably the the one that stuck out to me was uh, Lebanon beat Tri West. Uh, I think that was a, a game that. Uh, I can't remember if we picked that game last week, but if we did, we picked it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Tri West had been coming off two. They beat uh, uh, Western Boone and then Danville in really close games. But Lebanon, we kind of knew that, you know, they're a 4A team too, so Tri-West playing up a class there uh, in the conference play. But Lebanon got down 14 nothing, comes back and wins 21-14 and uh, kind of shut down uh, Tri-West running game. And, and Owens, Ty Owens still had a pretty good game throwing. But a good win for Lebanon, a program that's kind of been building and building and, and uh, puts them right in the thick of the Sagamore uh, conference race. I know you love talking about the Sagamore conference. I Brian. love the Sagamore conference, man, the best of the conferences. <laughs> what is it, the Frankfurt Hot Dogs? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're my team. <laughs> They're my team. Sorry to everybody else, but Frankfurt Hot Dogs. <laughs> And we some, just had we should have brought the hot dog on to cut. We should have. So that would God. have been a man. I, I'm regretting that. We, I didn't see it soon enough. I guess. Clark, I'd like to formally request you have a hot dog emoji in this week's show title. <laughs> I think it's just the theme. Um, Akeem, anything else jump out to you, or should we get to how you did in the picks last week? I know you've been itching to get to it. Let's get to the picks. That's what we came here for, right? Uh, Kyle, what were the records last week? As I try to, I can't. Akeem find them beat me phone. by one. I, I 
I don't, we'll have to get Clark's uh, input on the actual records. But what what'd you say you were seven and three? Yeah, I believe I was seven and three. So that must have made me six and four. And I heard from Joel Walker. Thank you for uh, <laughs> so on Twitter Spaces. And if you, I don't know if we've shouted out our Twitter Spaces, but you guys come on. We do that Friday nights after the game. It's great stuff, by the way. It's if you fun. aren't, yeah, uh, love me to interrupt. But if you yeah. aren't watching Kyle's Twitter Spaces or listening it afterwards, you really should be because Akeem and I have both listened. But either getting on or, or Friday night that we have off just listening in. I mean, Kyle's ability to run through games is incredible. He's just, a machine. <laughs> he is. It's like encyclopedic knowledge. I know we joke about it, but it is legitimately fascinating. And, and it is. It's fun to listen to. Like, it, even without a vested interest in, in any of it, because I just sort of pop in for a game each Friday, it's fun to listen to. It's entertaining. It's interesting. And you get to hear Akeem. Yeah, absolutely. Which is great. And he had a party going on next to his house oh my on gosh. Friday night. Yeah, my neighbors were through a rager. But, again, Kyle is a machine. The, the, the knowledge that he has is just so impressive, which makes my beating him in the picks that much more special. That makes you even more impressive. Yes, kind of, transitively, yes. But anyway, so we're, so we're doing the Twitter spaces. And uh, Joe Walker from Warren Central uh, Receiver chimes in and makes me mention that I got the game wrong. So yes, Joe, and I did. I shouted him out on Twitter Spaces, but uh, but yeah, join us every you know roughly. This was a later one this week because of the Center Grove uh, game went so late. But uh, normally about ten thirty or so, and we're on for you know however long. But yeah, I appreciate you guys doing it. It's been a fun addition to our uh, coverage on Friday nights. Great idea, great idea. So Akeem now has a two-game lead on Kyle. Everybody's wondering how Akeem's going to play it. Is he going to play a little more conservatively now? How are how are the bosses? How are Clark and I going to make the picks contest more intriguing? Will we add a wild card? Will we try to stack the deck against one of our two competitors to try and help out Kyle, our king, or Akeem, the lovable underdog? What's going to happen? Nobody knows. But we thank you all for watching and ask you to continue doing that because I like having a job. Um, let's start off this week's picks at uh, Carmel, where we are tonight. Ben Davis, Carmel. Both teams come in 4-2. and two. Carmel obviously started the year 0-2, but have since won four straight. Ben Davis, we talked about them earlier, one of the top teams in the state. Um, Kyle, let's start with you and your thoughts on that game. Yeah, this is more, I think the, I'm actually covering this game Friday. I, one of the more intriguing games, I think, and, and I, I keep – struggling with the idea in my head that it's not a Mick game because the Mick will come down to probably Ben Davis and LC, which will be uh, next week. They're both undefeated in the Mick play. So, again, it's hard to re- – they're going to keep playing each other. Ben Davis and Carmel have a good relationship. I think they're going to keep playing as non-conference opponents in the coming years. Uh, but in this game, I think it's two teams that are definitely trending in the right direction. Carmel got off to that 0-2 start. And I remember we talked because you'd seen them play, Brian. They they were the best 0-2 team oh, yeah. uh, in the state pretty clearly, and, and they've proven that over these last four weeks. Uh, last week against North Central, they had a safety, an interception for a touchdown, a punt return for a touchdown, and a punt block for a touchdown. Cool. So you score 50 points, but a lot of it was on uh, special teams and defense. But they do have a good offense. Uh, Reese Bellin is having a phenomenal year at receiver for, for Carmel. And a fun matchup with uh, Marcus Reese on the other side for uh, Ben Davis, who's also having a phenomenal year at receiver. Been a good year uh, in general for the receiving uh, group in our area in central Indiana. Uh, but Ben Davis kind of struggled a little bit with uh, LN, couldn't quite put him away last week. They end up winning 34-28. Uh, but it seems to me like a team that's that's uh, they they can win a shootout. You know they they're and I, I'm a little curious defensively. They've given up I think an average of 30 points the last three games. Uh, so how does that look for Friday night? Uh, I'm, I I see this as a toss-up type game, which I think. Uh, playing at home, I, I think Carmel's got maybe a little bit of an advantage. Um, you know, I, I think Ben Davis is going to give him a really good game, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants won. But I'll take Carmel just by maybe a field goal. Akeem? 
Agree. I mean, I really do think this game is is a toss-up. You know, I could see either team winning it. It could be a shootout or with between two really talented passing attacks, or it could be a defensive game where, you know, the teams are kind of maybe struggling to find their footing on offense. But, again, like Kyle said, I mean, it, it could go either way, but advantage to the home team, so I'm going Carmel. My phone started acting up just like I went to the next game. Mooresville 5-1 at Whiteland 5-1. Both teams coming off hard losses last week. Akeem, who's going to win this one? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I wish I knew for sure, for sure, obviously. But, again, like Kyle said, Nick Patterson is – I love a dual-threat quarterback, but how much can you actually put on one person? Uh, Noah Hogan-Denny, uh, again, for Mooresville. And, I mean, can you be one-dimensional if you have to just rely on one person to do all the passing and all the running? Um, it's, that's going to be a lot. And, obviously, Whiteland is a team that you have to bring your chin strap and be ready to to run, to run to stop that run for, you know, four quarters. So, And it only takes one big run from Emberton to, to kind of – Kind of get on the edge there and or up the middle to, to swing the game obviously these two teams know each other well this is another toss-up game that i i haven't I have, i'm having trouble picking but i'm going with i gotta even check to make sure i i, I know which team i did because i had no idea i picked whiteland i picked whiteland okay I, I went with whiteland but maybe i'll change it later but right now at this moment i'm feeling whiteland pick is locked in there's no changing a question though when how long is denny out for is he gonna be back in time for sectional it sounds like it'd be a little while, right? I, yeah, maybe that, the, I'm not sure. I'd have to talk to his dad or the, the coach there, but I'm not sure. But I, I know that he's a talented receiver and, and defensive back as well. So, I mean, and obviously a really talented baseball player and great all-around athlete. So that's a you can't really just replace that player with one person. That's he does so much that it takes multiple people to kind of replace what he can do. So that kind of puts him at a, a kind of a slight disadvantage. So that, that's probably what led me to pick Wyland. I like it. Such, such in-depth yeah. analysis. This is why we are so good as a, as, a, as a group. Kyle, who do you have in this game? I agree. I, I think Whiteland, just based on their, you know, I think Akeem touched on it there. When you're relying on Patterson that much, as much as he's a great player, and, again, like he could easily lead them to a win, I think. I just think, as a whole, Whiteland's going to be very motivated. I'm sure they both are coming off losses. That kind of adds another – layer of uh you know just having to try to get it done this week to to win the conference both of them need a win here uh so that adds another uh part of this game but i I do like whiteland i just think with their running uh, able to control the ball and then uh you know play against patterson uh i think they're going to be ready for that but again i think it'd be like a i think it'd be like a 17 16 type or 21 17 or something like that i think it'd be kind of low scoring and and kind of a struggle both ways all right, Kyle. Also going with Whiteland in that one. Lawrence North two and four at Warren Central three and three. Kyle. Yeah, I like what Lawrence North did last week. I also like what Warren uh, came back and, and put it on uh, Pike pretty well uh, as that game went along. And that was a game where uh, I picked again. You know, Pike, Warren had kind of struggled on offense the week before against uh, Ben Davis, at least late in the game. Uh, missed on several opportunities to tie that game up or get closer. Uh, and Lawrence North, I think they're they're one of these scary teams too, because with with Richardson and you know some of the guys they have on the defensive side, they can match up athletically uh, with Warren. And there's going to be a lot, of, you know, this a rivalry type game uh, in the Mick, and, and uh, you know a game that Ellen, Ellen won the sectional last year. So Warren's got a lot to play for trying to get back at him. So I'm going to take Warren again. I, I think it, a game that. It, you know, I think it's going to be a good one. I would not be surprised if LN was able to pull this off and, and win Friday, but uh, I'm going to take uh, take the Warriors. Kim? Yeah, and we kind of you know headed into last week's game wondering how Warren would do with their backup quarterback. Uh, they're able, to, obviously, to move the ball without Keith Jackson. Joe Walker caught a touchdown pass. So I'm going Warren Central. <laughs> 
Fishers at Franklin Center. Fishers arrives four and two on the year. Franklin Central and even three and three. Yeah, like it's like Kyle said, Franklin Central's kind of been in, improving. Uh, they were able to hold Noblesville to just one touchdown, uh, 3.4 yards per carry against a really talented Noblesville team that loves to to run the ball. So I mean, if if you can play like that defensively against another run-heavy team like Fishers. I think Franklin Central could get it done. I feel like this might be a slight upset, but I'm going Franklin Central. Wow, wow, wow. Kyle. Hey, now I'm going to have to take I was <laughs> I was thinking about Franklin Central, but now I'm going to take Fishers oh. uh, <laughs> and, and try to get one up on Akeem here. That's going to change my – but, I, again, I think it, I really, it's one of the reasons I put this game on the list. I think it's very competitive. Fishers really struggled with the Avon last week. They had to come back. Uh, they were down in that game, and if not for a 90-yard kickoff return by – uh, uh, John Anthony Hall, they would probably have lost that game. So they needed that kickoff return, and that gave them the lead back, and they held on and beat Avon, who's another kind of scary team that can score a lot of points. Uh, but, yeah, I, I sort of agree with Akeem. I think Franklin Central is going to – they're trending in the right direction. Kind of curious where Fishers is, is going, you know, kind of how, how the, they need to get some momentum back uh, to prepare for the, the playoffs. But I'll take Fishers and try to, to beat uh, the man here on that one. John Anthony Hall did the thing, huh, the kickoff return? <laughs> he did. He's, that kid is fun to watch, He's man. fun to watch. He's a lot like, you know, you talk about uh, Donovan Hamilton, uh, kind of those game-breaker type of, you know, I, you know, just because they're the same school district, you kind of think of them together. But, but yeah, man, he is uh, he's electric in the open field. Game-changer type. Uh, Triton Central 5-1 and one at C- or versus Cena 5-1. and one. That game is being played at Arsenal Technical. Kyle, who do you have? Yeah, I think this is a, a game. You know, Cecina has been uh, the had the upper hand in this series for the most part over the last several several years. Uh, how do they come off that loss to uh, Lutheran? A physical game that uh, you know, I'm sure they felt like you know they could have had it. They were in the lead for for a good chunk of that game. Uh, you know, and I, and honestly, you know what Akeem mentioned with Mendez, how is he if he's playing? Uh, how how uh, you know how does he look? You know, and and, and if not, then that that kind of puts you in a bind a little bit. So uh, I'm actually going to take Triton Central to uh, win this game, and, and again, should be a really good game, and in a game where you're you might be playing for number two in the conference in the Indiana Crossroads, uh, but no shame in that. We talk about the mid state, but that 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 conference really good football. Uh, in that conference every single year. And then those three teams, Lutheran, Sassina, and Triton Central, are a big reason why. Akeem, you had a chance to see Sassina last week. What do you make of this game this week? Yeah, I mean, like 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 I mentioned earlier, if Mendez is playing and at 100%, I, I'll pick Sassina with confidence. He does a lot. He kind of, even with, on, in the rushing attack, and he kind of scrambles to set up the passing attack as well. The the running backs, Brandon Fitzramsey, Marcus Greathouse, they, they struggle to get going a little bit. So that would put if they can't correct that kind of uh, issues in the running game, that would put even more on DJ Mendez's shoulders. So I'm curious to see how he handles that if he's able to play. You know, do they rely on him to run less? Do they need to get more out of their running backs? Can Triton Central stop them? I'm saying no. I'm going to Cena. <laughs> <laughs> We're bringing back vintage Akeem, where he builds up one team and says, having said that, I think they're going to lose by 40. No, didn't say that. I think it's going to be a great game. But, I mean, again, Cecina's defense is, is really good with Adam Young and Tamir Woods and the Burials in the, in the secondary. Madden Burial, three interceptions the last two games. So that's – I mean, he's they're playing really great kind of on both sides of the ball and on at all levels of the defense. So Cecina's really impressed me. So, again, it comes down to a healthy Mendez. A healthy Mendez will give them the upper hand, I believe. Next game for us, Louisville Mail um, out of Kentucky. They're 3-2 and two at Roncalli, 6-0. and oh. Akeem? 
Yeah, I, I was. I actually had a chance to go to Roncalli uh, last week uh, for a story I'm working on with Luke Hansen, but I was able to talk to the offensive linemen. And, you know, offensive linemen don't talk very much, but I was able to get some good stuff out of them. They love kind of the new concepts that Coach uh, Katana has brought to the offense. Uh, Katana also played uh, offensive line, so he kind of – when they have questions, they can kind of get that first-hand experience, and it's kind of helping them grow. I mean, you don't really need – grow is kind of a scary <laughs> term because they're very large humans, uh, with three of them uh, heading to play in Division One next uh, in, in the future. So, I mean, when you have that kind of – those just security guards up front, Luke Hansen, I mean, he's averaging seven, eight yards a carry, uh, one of the leaders, leading rushers in the nation, I think that'll be hard to stop. So I'm going around Colin. Do they have, like, a fun nickname? Like, in South Dakota, they were the hippos. At State, they were – like the hogs, I think six or five hogs. Do the Roncalli linemen have like a cool? I didn't ask them that. That that would be that'd be a good question for me to ask them uh, in the future. But no, not that I know of. Just just very large men. I would I would call them the very solar the solar eclipse. Solar eclipse. Yes. When they were all standing <laughs> like standing around me, it just got really dark in the room, and I was like, what is what is going on here? But uh, there you no, named them then. So yeah. I, maybe maybe that'll catch on if Akeem. if they do. I I want to trademark that now. But uh, yeah, no, I think Roncalli, their offense is just a joke or not, that'd be hard to stop. Akeem going with the solar eclipse and the Royals. <laughs> the Royal solar eclipse. Kyle, who do you have in this game? I'm going to agree. Louisville Mail is always one of the better teams out of Louisville, so this will be a good test. And they've had a lot of them. Uh, and if you didn't notice, uh, Friday, Burbuff was actually ahead of uh, Ron Colley at halftime. It was 14-10. to 10. And uh, uh, trading some texts with people who were there watching said, you know, we might be in trouble here from the Ron Colley side. And, uh, but then, you know, they kind of got that running game going. Hanson had 43 carries and I don't know, 200 something, 55 yards or something like that. Healthy amount of work. (laughs) So a good (laughs) workload, and that's what they do. And then defensively, they kind of got things stopped uh, for Burbuff. So, you know, I I think another good test for them, and and all of this is sort of building towards what I think will be Ron Colley and Newpal, you know, basically playing for a a state championship before the state championship. So I can't wait to see, you know, and that's a ways off, but, but another good test in in a long line of them for Ron Colley. Oh Lord. They're in the same sectional, aren't they? No, they're in the, I think they would, I have to look, I think they would play in the uh, regional or semi-state. Okay. So at least Uh, it's later in the the tournament. A little bit later. That'll be a fun, interesting game. First meeting, right? That'd be dynamite. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh baby. Yeah. Um, playing field three and three at Franklin four and two. As you mentioned earlier, Franklin coming off a big win last week. Max Clark is back. Kyle, what do you think? I like the juice uh, Franklin's playing with and, and coming off a big win. Uh, Plainfield, this is pretty cool for them, too. Brian Woodard's in his final year uh, as coach. He kind of got things set up uh, you know, ahead of time where they have a coach in place on his staff, uh, but he's able to go out. I think it's his 17th year at Plainfield, and I'm glad for him. He's one of the nicer guys in coaching, and, and if you ask people around the area, well, I think most would agree with that. Uh, so to see them have success, cool for him. Uh, they're 3-3 three and three now, and they actually have a chance to play uh, for a conference championship. They have a very tough end-of-the-season schedule schedule here uh but i think franklin uh you know in my opinion they're just probably the slightly better team here uh but i plainfield to beat decatur that's no joke you know so i think that'll you know i think it'll be an interesting game akeem yeah, and that was uh, freshman quarterback Grayson Betts that gave Franklin kind of a, a big boost. I know the offense had been a little stagnant without some of their playmakers. And, yeah, I talked to Max Clark last week. He'll, he'll be back. He spent about a, a month in Florida with Team USA. I'll actually have a, sto- a story, story on that later. But he'll be back. He had to sit out last week. But obviously when you have a game changer like that at wide receiver and a freshman quarterback that's kind of giving them the spark that they need to kind of improve that offense a bit, uh, I think uh, I'm taking Franklin. That's a fun, fun gig. Spend a month in Florida, just hang out, play some ball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
We have a kid in a Santa Claus costume actually walking through the park. I don't know what's going on here at Carmel today, but... Is it homecoming week? It must be. Yeah. Uh, uh, dress up for homecoming type day. Uh, maybe. We need to have one of those. <laughs> maybe next week can be our homecoming. Yeah, so we do. We'll go back to the office. We'll dress up. You can wear the hot dog costume. Akeem and I'll figure out some cute little... <laughs> Tandem costume, like, that'd be great. I, could I, be... I actually do own a hot, hot dog costume. Oh, you do? I'm, I'm, you'll never see me wear it. Why are you not wearing it? <laughs> but, yeah. I don't know why I said that. I feel like I'm going to regret mentioning that We now. can do what we did on the first show. We're going to tell Akeem we're going to do a theme, then you and I forget right. about the theme, and Akeem shows up in a hot dog costume. I'll, I'll still be the best dressed one on set. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. I don't know, man. Kyle looks pretty good today. Thank uh, you. Cincinnati, LaSalle, 2-4 and four at Cathedral, 4-1. and one. Akeem? Yeah, I mean, it's, like Kyle said, these out-of-state games can kind of go either way. Um, the, you know, you don't really know what to expect. But, I mean, with Cathedral, they're another juggernaut with Danny O'Neill at quarterback and kind of what he can bring to the offense. Uh, I'm going Cathedral. It's kind of hard to pick against them with the way they've played so far. Kyle? Yeah, I agree. Uh, typically, LaSalle's been always pretty good coming out of Cincinnati. They play a tough schedule. Uh, I, th- I was going through their schedule yesterday. They have lost some games to good programs like Moeller and St. Xavier, so they'll be ready. I mean, they'll have talent for sure, uh, but I think Cathedral, they'll, I think they're ready for like another challenge. They had an off week last week and then played uh, Hammond Morton, and it was kind of another off week. It was 56 nothing at halftime, <laughs> and then so, Sheesh. you know, it's sort of, so they've sort of been – you know, getting healthy and, and waiting for another big game. Uh, this all kind of gearing up for them. I'm curious to see what they look like uh, these last few weeks of the season and kind of get a sense of, like, where are they as far as where have they improved, how's the running game look, you know, how's the defense look, and then we'll get a chance to see them against Center Grove that last game. But uh, I'll, I'll take the Irish in this one. Short Ridge versus Crispus Attics. Uh, Short Ridge comes in 3-3, three and three, Attics 3-2. Three and two. That game is being played at Northwest, Kyle. Yeah, so this is a game, a big IPS game. Uh, Diego Pettiford for Christmas Addicts. Uh, I'm putting him uh, doing a story on some of the kind of the under radar players in the in the area. Uh, having a really good, I don't have his stats right on me, but he's rushed for like over 500 yards and passed for over 500. So I think even more than that this season uh, for Addicts. So you know this Shortridge team, and I've been around Shortridge doing a story actually a few a couple weeks out on IPS football. And uh, these two teams have, have both had pretty good seasons. And, and Shortridge has two really good uh, receivers that I've talked to and, and guys who've stuck with the program, which is cool to see because IPS needs those kids who are going to stick with it and not uh, bounce somewhere else. And it kind of adds some stability, which Javon McRae is trying to build there at Shortridge. So uh, I think this will be a really good game. Both these programs have kind of been building in the right direction, doing it the right way. Uh, I'm going to take Shortridge uh, to win a, a close game. Akeem? And I agree with Kyle. Uh, Shortridge is kind of um, just has – they have playmakers, you know, across the offense. James Edmondson is a, a dual-threat guy. Uh, Jordan Murray, Murray is a talented running back. And Elias Diallo is one of the guys that Kyle talked to, a big play receiver. So when you have weapons and a dual-threat quarterback, again, I'm, I'm a sucker for a quarterback that can run. I'm going Shortridge. Akeem, pro hot dogs and pro quarterbacks that can run. There you go. We, we need to get that on a T-shirt. I like that. that should be our, our slogan from now on. Um, Brownsburg 6-0 at Zionsville 4-2. Zionsville looking to bounce back. Brownsburg coming off a big win over Westfield West last week. Akeem? Yeah, I mean, again, we talk about the, 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 the center groves and the Brownsburg Brownsburgs, the teams that have been playing really well and consistent throughout the year. Uh, Brownsburg's offense is a, a well-oiled machine. Uh I don't know what else to say about Brownsburg. That hasn't already been said. I think they've been playing very well. Uh, I'm going Brownsburg. Yeah, I agree. I think Wilson covered that game for us uh, last uh, Brownsburg-Westfield uh, game, and uh, he put in a story there that 
Brownsburg allowed negative three rushing yards to uh, Westfield. So if you can do that, I mean, that kind of shows what uh, how Brownsburg's been playing defensively. And I think they Westfield scored the first possession and then didn't score again until I think their last possession uh, of the game. So, you know, to hold that Westfield offense down like that. And Westfield's going through, you know, some uh, – Re- rebuilding uh, process a little bit and they're still a very good uh, program but not as quite as talented as they've been the last couple of years uh, but Brownsburg you know sometimes in the past they might have lost a game like that so they come out pretty well dominated and on a homecoming night and uh, I think that bodes well moving forward they're gonna have to look out for Zionsville with Abney and Hilton and, and Bumgardner uh, they can make things tough and you I know you got a chance to see them against HSC which they weren't able to do a whole lot against that defense uh, so I think that bodes well uh, for Brownsburg to win this game. Absolutely, absolutely. So that does it for the picks. Did you guys differ on more than one game, or was it just two? The I one? think, right? Uh, I know it was Franklin. Franklin Central Fishers was one, and I had uh, Triton Central. Ah, okay, okay, and Cecina. Yeah. So yep. two games. Kyle can uh, you can tie tie, you can tie, it up. tie this up. It's here. Go Tigers Week. Uh, Fishers <laughs> and Tigers. Triton Central. Yeah, Maybe that as yours are on. Yeah, yours are on. Go Tigers <laughs> clip. Um, this is the part of the show where I ask, what do you guys have coming this week, Kyle? Uh, that's a great question. Oh, uh, I've got a story coming on uh, Josh Mickens uh, from Lawrence Central. Uh, and then also, I mentioned Diego Pettiford. Uh, tomorrow morning, which uh, be Wednesday morning, I'll have like some under-the-radar players who probably don't get the run that uh, some others do. And, and maybe some guys who you know, we didn't have on our super team that you know could have been on it or you know whatever. About a dozen to 15 of those uh, type names for people to look out for and, and uh, you know, people who don't always get their name out there who are having really good years. One of those two, and I should, uh, Elijah Jackson from uh, uh, Lawrence Central running back. Uh, he's one of the better running backs. And I, I kind of, you know, I think he's definitely worthy of, of uh, you know, putting up there among the best. He's, he's really good. I, I, I like his running style. He gets his shoulders turned and, and gets the most out of his runs. And I think if they can, another tangent here, but I think if they can kind of rely on him and then work their, you know, pat, they're going to be really tough offensively. But I was very impressed uh, with Jackson Friday night. Akeem, what do you have this week? Yeah, uh, like I said, I, I last week I went down to UND to talk to their new all-time rushing leader. I believe that story is out now or maybe tomorrow. And then, um, again, working on Ron Colley and just kind of their offensive line, the way that they protect uh, Luke Hansen and um, – Hashtag the Solar Eclipse. <laughs> Hashtag Solar Eclipse. Uh, and uh, Max Clark, uh, that story as well. And then I'll be back at the Lucas Oil Stadium on Sunday for more, more cult stuff. So. What a you? flex. Look what a you. flex. Yeah. Budding up with Mahomes on Sunday, then going back next week. Wow, wow, wow. Kim, do you have any closing words as the pick's leader? No. Okay. Well, we thank you all so much Enough for watching. Said. Inspirational words from McKean Glassby. Put those on a shirt. Hashtag solar eclipse. Hashtag free the hot dog. We'll talk to you all next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.